It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. Tom Burgoyne, along with pal John Brazier, and another pal, John, look, we haven't seen in such a long time. The beauty of sometimes when we uh, honor Wall of Famers, yes. uh, especially from you know when I first started and when you kind of became the best friend of the Fanatic, yep. is that uh, you get guys, you get to hang out with guys you haven't seen in years, and right now we got one of Harry Callis' favorite name to say, to say, and it. one of Dan Baker's favorite <laughs> name to say, Rico Bronia. <laughs> What's up, Rico? H the K. He was the best, man. What a what a yeah, I can still hear it in the background. I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Brace, Tom. Great to great to be here and um be a teammate of Scott's. You know, if I could yeah. we're all teammate of teammates of Scott. We're you know, Scott's we're in pretty good position. And right? we're gonna have a lot of your teammates and friends yep. that are coming in. I know Gary Bennett's coming in and Kevin Sefsick's coming in and Seth. um Wayne Mike Gomes. Mike Grace, Wayne Gomes. Kevin Sefsick. Yeah, Sefsick. Yeah, uh, a lot of guys we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, in a long time. So it's uh and then other guy, I know Jim Tomey's coming in and uh, I think some uh, Hap Hubs, Hudson is coming in. Hap is too, yeah. Right? Well he was tight with Scotty, yeah. So we're gonna get buds. Dan Held, you probably yeah, played with yeah, as well. They're so. friends too, yeah. Yep. What were you thinking, yeah. Rico, when you saw uh, Scott on stage oh, at man. Cooperstown and uh, accepting that plaque? Pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. Uh, you know, living in Connecticut, I was, uh, I don't want to say it was a breath away from going up there because I was really close to going up there for the weekend, but I got to see it on TV and I thought it was, um, you know, it was just about 85 plus degrees, maybe an inch or two above my where I wanted to you know, be out there in that hot sun, but yeah, yeah. Um, just joking around. It was great to see Scotty. It was un- It was just Scott. I mean, you know, listen to him talk and and um, his speech was, was incredible. His, his speech, speech was, was incredible. Great. Just from Joe the heart, family. Talking about the family, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, how about? I mean, when you played, I mean, you started. You you know, you you came to the Phillies uh, at the time. He had just won or won that year the uh, yeah. Rookie of the Year award. Uh, did you see it in him at an early age? Oh man, I mean, he his ath- he oozed athleticism, you know, and it was okay. He's a basketball player, a linebacker, put at third base. Yes. And it was just caging. You know, you you couldn't cage the. I mean, he just was gonna play with his hair on fire when he was really young. The talent just oozed out of him. The athleticism, the way he ran the bases and would dive after ground balls, and the, you know he tried to make plays no one else would even try to make because right. he just knew he could or he believed he could, and 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 he would turn singles into doubles, doubles into triple. That his, was his a, his baseball instincts were oh, off the charts, off the charts. You know he 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 would just try to make the play rather than ever hold back. So whatever the play was in front of him. Even if the count wasn't in his favor and he was hitting, he he would try to do the next thing, the the next best thing, and 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 believe he could, never doubting for a minute that he couldn't. But it's I could see why. I mean, he was a, he was a, such a great athlete. Well, and also you have you were known as one of the best first basemen, right. probably the best defensive first baseman I've seen. 
And then you had Scott. So if there's a ball to third or there's a ball to first, I guess you really don't have to worry about. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah, the, the corners. And then I guess when Scott's throwing over to you, it seemed like everything was right right there, right? I mean, oh, you man. Weren't, you weren't having to scoop too much that, when Scott's throwing to you. He, no, he could have pitched. I mean, he yeah. threw um, – I still have, you know, nerve damage this day from Scott Rowland. I got to <laughs> thank him later on tonight and tomorrow for that. Can't feel half my my uh, finger on my glove hand. <laughs> Honest to God, actually. Uh, uh, but he would uh, throw strikes. He could make the throws from any angle, any arm angle, any play. His body contor- He played shortstop at third, with yeah. with a with a with an above average third baseman's arm and the mentality of Mike Schmidt, Brooks Robinson. I can make every play. So he, he was. We had a good time. You know, we, we would look at each other across the diamond, and it didn't even take a smile or a wink from that far away. We'd just kind of give that quick look like, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> you know, or I got your back, or I'll pick yeah. you up, or nice play together, good teamwork. And it would, it would it, sometimes we'd wait 20 seconds, and I would kind of give, I would be looking a little longer, and, he, and there he would. He would pick up his head and look at me. Mm. And we just had so much fun playing defense. That I get jealous when I see these other first basemen on the highlights when they show his Hall of Fame right. stuff. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute now. Wait, wait. And Travis Lee was good. He was very good, you know, and Pujols was good. Okay, he was good. But the first four years in Philly, his first four years playing, he was, you know, he was doing things with his range and his arm that he probably never did again in his career. And with back problems, too. I mean, yeah. uh, with all that diving, I mean, he, he you know, we'd Playing see on him. the turf. Yeah, you know, uh, before games, you knew the regimen uh, he'd have to go through as far yeah. as st- stretching and uh, rehabilitating that back of his. Yeah, he played um, like Larry Bird, you know, these, well, there's the Indiana um, analogy, mm. I guess, but Bird just says the only way I know how to play basketball, dive on the floor, loose balls, you know, everything like um that would take extra effort. He just was how he was taught, and that's the way Scott played. And he didn't want to take a day off. You know, we were locker mates, good friends. We talked all the time on and off the field. We went to dinner, and we hung out before game. So we got to talk a lot, and he did not want to not play. He wanted to play every day and bring his A game. Uh, not not, not in any – it was all selfless, too. It was for the team and for the for the city and – um, he's just remarkable. He didn't want to come out. He didn't want to rest that back. You know, he was going to play. You know, and he was a, uh, I believe he was Mr. Basketball in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was slated to go to Georgia, if I remember correctly, to play basketball. For Coach Tubbs. Right? And so I that's why, lo- I think that's one of the reasons why he was a second round draft pick, because a lot of people thought he was going to go play basketball at Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're right. Uh, that's and right. And yeah. then, well, Brico, you have a, a parallel story. Because exactly. I know you were a, a stud quarterback in high school. And you were thinking about playing. Well, let's let's, let's go back before that. Yep. So growing up, you grew up in Connecticut, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you grew up in Watertown, or that's right. Yeah, I grew up in Watertown, Connecticut, at the Taft School. My dad was a teacher and uh, three sport coach at the prep school at, in the Taft School. I also went to Watertown High School, the public school. So both. But yeah, I was supposed. Did I you was, go to Taft first and then the prep? Public that's school? right. Yeah, I okay. went to Taft first, and I was just my my son and daughter who have since done well there and gone through the school there and done well academically put me to shame academically Mm. I was just it was just way over my head I mean biology and chemistry in the library was too big and I just wanted you don't need that aggravation but you played baseball basketball and football (laughs) they had great uniforms the facilities were all that's all I wanted to just go to practice after school so that caught up with me really quickly and I went back to the public school but um yeah ended up playing three sports football was a thing so if you played football and you were getting recruited even if you were okay in hoops or hockey or, um, you know, baseball, anything, football was always going to dominate. 
just because of its popularity. And you're a lefty quarterback. Yeah, I was a lefty quarterback, won state championship on a great, great team. That was a team win, team year. But uh, I was, you know, All-American and got the accolades that a quarterback can get when you do well. And that just sent me all over the country for recruiting my junior, senior year, basically my se- summer rising senior year and in high school. Went everywhere from Southern Cal, you know, USC, where Marinovich, it was Marinovich, yep. Todd White, myself, we visited, you know, and it, Rodney Pete was the quarterback at the time. And I talked with Rodney about play, maybe playing baseball and football. So I was out of practice. Larry Smith was the practice. Danny Ford at Clemson. They had just won the national championship in 1981, I believe, in, at Clemson. So this was like 87, 88. Um, and, and I was graduated. I graduated in 88. And he, he even he flew up like in the four-seater Clemson Tiger, had paw prints on mm-hmm. the, the, the small plane, flew into a small airport nearby and, and you know, Nowhere, Connecticut, and watched our Thanksgiving. I mean, that's got to be game. such a head rush, total. Dude. As, a, as a high school senior, you're getting yeah. like wine and dined, you know, by yeah. these big, big, big names. Yeah. It was overwhelming. I mean, the day that they could come see you, like they could have, you know, all the dates they can talk to you on the phone, but they can't have personal contact. The day they could have personal contact with you, it wasn't even six thirty, quarter to seven. School, I'd leave about seven fifteen, seven thirty from my house at Taft to go to Watertown High School. There were cars, no, no lie, there were cars lined up in the driveway mm. and then into the street, into North Street. And Boston College was first. And a couple guys mm. were having, having at it about who was going to be next. Wow. Wake, you know, Boston so. College, Wake Forest, Clemson, Southern Cal. And they were all in the parking lot or driveway. And then I couldn't get that one class at school. Oh. They called me out of every class, oh, and the teachers, I had math teachers yelling at me, this has gotten ridiculous. <laughs> but, you, but eventually you settled that if you were going to go the college route, you yep. were going to go Clemson? Signed with Clemson, uh, yeah, signed, ended up signing a uh, national letter of intent with Clemson to play. It was a football letter because I, I wanted to play baseball and football there, but the, the sport that had more scholarships available, took the, they took the scholarships. And, you know, looking back, mm. they tell you anything you want, you know, everything you want to hear. Mm. And I, the football program is so big at Clemson, it would have been really hard to be a quarterback there. Mm. Not be involved in spring football, right? Right. But um, do you think if you did, if you did that, do you think you would lament or kind of just look back and say, "God, I wonder if I should have played baseball or right?" Yeah, I, it's a oh, toughie. Or, or when you went the baseball route, did you ever think, "Oh Man, yeah, what would have happened if I went the more football that, route? more, more of that?" that. I, I miss think, football. Sure. Like I still miss it. Like you know, Hunter, my son over here, he's he's with us today. You know, and, and my obviously my wife Melissa, they'll tell you on Sunday. You know, when I'm watching the Patriots mm. or we're watching Army Navy or something or the Army games. Go up to West Point. Just something about football. I'd still coach, help out near home with some local high schools, volunteer and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, football, you kick it out of your blood. I mean, once it's in your system. Well, how, then how did you make that transition, Rico, in terms of uh, saying, you know, yeah. leaving football behind? And uh, going Tom, I'm going to make one guess. A, a first-round bonus money? <laughs> <laughs> that helped. That no. helped. That at least made my dad say, hey, wait a minute. you got to pay attention to that. <laughs> Me, I'm just thinking about, you know, what sport to play. And, and the money was nice, but it was a first-round Pick. To me, it meant more about it meant more of the team possibly letting me fail and go through the ups and downs. Mm. Football, I mean, football was it. Baseball, I was still like, really? I mean, I don't know how good. I didn't see it yet. The future, big league stuff. Even though I thought I was, you know, okay. Well, obviously, others saw it. If you're yeah, the scouts draft tell pick, you. So yeah. it's funny. Like, so, but you never thought that in your no. head, like that. That's that could be your career. How many people I've been around in New England or the Northeast said, oh, you just come from the Northeast. You can't, you know, no one comes from the Northeast in baseball. You know, it's all right. like cold weather and you don't play anybody mm. and, you know, which is all false. Right. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I can, I can go down the list of kids that were in our league 
at Taft with Darren Bragg. He played with the Red Sox and you know, 15 years in the big leagues. Brad Awesomeness, borderline yep. Hall of Fame catcher. He was in Cheshire right next door. So we all played it with each other, against each other. Mo Vaughn was at TP, Trinity Pauling. I mean, you can go Juan, Juan Nieves was at Avon Old Farms. I mean, so there's just a lot of players. Or it's, it's untrue, but you hear that and you kind of believe it. You know, we played 20 games. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. High school season. Mm, yeah. Well, you were drafted by the Tigers. Always first base? I mean, since you were yeah. a quarterback, you never pitched? Uh, pitched. Or, uh, you did pitch. Okay. Yep. Uh, not, you know, obviously not professionally. You just okay. did that with your right hand. But yeah. Because I can't pick up my left. Oh, okay. So you were. <laughs> yeah. you, okay, sorry. Yeah. No, I, th- I thought maybe you pitched right here, and then I'm going to be like, that's a whole story yeah. we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Who, who did that? Um, we just interviewed him. Well, we, there's a couple. Is that, you know, Billy Wagner, obviously. Broke, oh, Billy. Yeah. He broke his okay. hand. I mean, that's an amazing story. He play, broke his yes. arm playing football. That is and a then crazy story. He, he wanted to play baseball, so he learned to throw left handed. The other crazy one is we learn a lot in our podcast. Uh, we interviewed Milt Thompson. To me, this is, yeah. the, this is the coolest story. So Milt Thompson, who we've known for years, we get him on the podcast, and he, uh, we talked about, just like we're doing with you, talking about his uh, growing up, he said he was a huge, huge Jackie Robinson fan. Wow. And he played second base. But the problem is Milt was left-handed. So the dad said, uh, uh, Milt, you're going to have to change positions. He said, why? Because you can't play second base being left-handed. And so most people, right, most normal people would – Change positions, go to, right? Go to the outfield or right. first base. Right, yeah. first base. But what does he do? He, he becomes right-handed. He becomes right-handed. <laughs> so he okay. literally – switch. switch. And then, switch. then he gets to the majors, and he only throws right-handed. Amazing. Even though he's naturally left-handed. And he hits left. He right, and, and he hits lefty. So then I, when he was coaching, he said he would throw left and right to the in the cage. Oh, that's terrific for, yeah. for players. Yep. Yeah, it was terrific. I mean, and, we, and we had that – we had the one guy, I forget his name, uh, probably about five years ago. Remember that that had the glove that could go right-handed or left-handed? Yeah. But you, but you couldn't do, you couldn't switch within the batter. Correct. Yeah. You had to kind of declare which way you're going. Yeah, I remember somebody for the Expo. I'm not losing his name, but they played for the Expos, and he did that. Uh, Greg, I don't know if it, uh, hmm. untip my tongue. But yeah, it's just the, yeah, that's that's a great story. And the one about Billy Wagner, I mean, and then he throws a hundred and I know two mile an hour <laughs> fastballs, and that's the crazy. And he is going to be a whole, fa- you know, I mean, like. That's ridiculous. Rico, do you remember your uh, first game? Very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well. My wife, Melissa, uh, she flew in from Connecticut to see a Tiger Stadium August 8th, 1992. Toronto Blue Jays, Dave Steeb. Oh. Yep. I mean, right out of the gate. Toronto was terrific. That was the team. Yeah, the Tigers sure. were good. We had Alan Trammell and Cecil Field. Yeah. You know, we had Jack Morris with great team, too, when I got called up. But Toronto was, you know, Roberto Alomar, Paul Molitor. You can go down the list. They had the, yeah. They had Hanky as the closer and Dwayne Phillies Ward. played him the next year in the World That's Series right. and lost. Yeah, yeah, know, right. So, so it's that team. It was a lot yeah. of that team. Yep. And they, um, Dave Steve had me three and two. I, I was, I think I was either one two or o two. My first at bat. Fought back to three two, and he threw a wicked sinker that got me jammed, and I blooped it down the left field line and. Slid, you know, was able to go for two and slide into second. Beautiful, there it yeah, is. Yeah, and Roberto Alomar got that. It was it was close play, <laughs> and my head was down, buried, running. And, and he, no replay he, back then. No replay. I was safe. <laughs> I was safe all the way. And he said, uh, "Hey, congratulations. Hope there are many more." So, so you know, in so many words. 
And uh, so I thought that was really nice. That's really cool. I'll never forget. And you got traded early in your career to the Mets, right? I right. did, yeah, right at the end of uh, which 90- we're not happy about. Rico. I mean, the <laughs> fact that you right. played for the Mets. Yeah, you know, <laughs> some of our friends, like Ricky Batalco, played for the Mets. We've had some others. He should have turned that down. <laughs> I don't care how much he's money they a, threw. He's such a homer, Rico. <laughs> did they? It's so, a good rivalry. Someone yeah. mentioned that play someone, on both sides of it, it was kind of fun. Someone mentioned that that they were going to do, or maybe they did a candy bar. With was there going to be a Rico Bronia candy bar? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't, someone, that was that, that, that's someone in my I'm office sure. just told that to me, and I I, I tried looking really? it up. I didn't see anything. Oh. We know there's a Rico Bronia uh, po- podcast. Yeah, and that's, everyone is. thinks that's my. It's not mine. It's not you. No, yeah, it's, it's not mine. Uh, it's yeah, a guy from, it's a guy from WFN. WFN, right? and they do it. And they, it's very popular. Like it's actually the name only would possibly detract or take away from its popularity. If you have will. they ever had you on that it's podcast? Very, I have been on it. Yep. They they contacted me early on and you know asked for permission and all that stuff. I'm like, dude, if anyone's gonna listen to your podcast right. named after me, right. go for it. And you know, <laughs> two years later, it's like the most popular Mets podcast. Yeah, right, so but they do get, they do a great job. Man. So then you get traded over to the Phillies in 1996. Well, even before that, because uh, I because I wanted to get into it a little bit, Rico. I know you had uh, problems with your back. Yeah, it's like an, yeah. Uh, severe arthritis. I yeah, guess I, I, can't, I don't want to pronounce the mispronounce it's, the name it's, of the condition. I get it wrong. Yeah, ankylosing yeah. spondylitis. Okay. Yeah. Yes. A-S, so A-S. ankylosing spondylitis, pretty rare. And was it, uh, did you always have that, or uh, when you were in New York, is that when it was flaring up and, and it was diagnosed? It's a really funky uh, disease. It's I So I was born with it, because I was born with the, you know, the genetic, you know, the gene, and that's specific uh, for the disease. Doesn't mean you necessarily get the disease, but you, you're prone to it. And I, sure enough, um, the symptoms, looking back on my childhood, mm. all checked the boxes, mm. but we didn't know what boxes were, you know, to check. We had no idea when I was young why I would have certain skin rashes or would have severe body cramping or would have, like, needle-like pain in my heels when I walked, like you're walking on glass. Mm. Um, so that was going on your, different, your whole childhood. Weird, yeah, weird, weird symptoms. Mm. Very strange. When I was diagnosed properly, uh, long story short, which was like about when I was 19, 20 years old, which they say it's could be at its worst when you're between 19 and 21. Mm. The thing has some severe common denominators when you are accurately diagnosed, but it's hard to, di- to diagnose a patient with it. Mm. And then looking back on all the stuff, the doctor's like, did you have this? Did you have this red eye? You know, a thing, a, a line across my right eye, that looked like a pen mark. It was so thin, a straight line. That's how he, he actually came to ask me about my other symptoms. He said, I was in Western Ontario, Canada. You wonder why things happen. I'm in AAA doing very poorly, and I think it's God-driven. I really do. I believe, you know, my faith. But And I was doing so bad, they sent me to AA. Well, you know, two weeks later, I'm in all this pain in my mm. back and everything. I'll try to make the long story short. I, sat, I went for testing day after day, a couple of weeks and one doctor saw my eye. Mm. My eye, and now I got hip pain, back pain, heel pain, ligament pain, um, you know, mental pain. Now I'm thinking my career's over. And he just says, you know, your eye's red. And I'm like, man, it's always been like that. It bothers me in the summer. Huh. I get like I this iritis. And he goes, yeah, but you got a line across. He goes, I mean, the guy, I can almost get the chills. Think about it. He, he comes back. He goes, I'm going to run these tests on your blood that we took, the, you know, for infections and stuff like that. that they were coming up negative. And he came back, I don't know if it was the next day or soon after. He said, I want you to take this medicine. I think you have this. And, man, did I run sprints in the outfield. Awesome. 
Yeah, that night that I started to take the meds. And it kicked in that quickly? Well, yeah, it was an anti-inflammatory, yep. and it was an, it's an inflammation d- disease. So it was all of a sudden I was 10 years old again. Mm. And I was like, you know, I got I went back. I'm hugging the guy, you know, I'm jumping on his arm. I was like, what did you get, you know? And it was just an anti-inflammatory medication at the time, mm. low low dose and all that. But it was the first that I'd ever taken, right. you know, prescription strength. Yeah. And then you just had to manage that, obviously, the rest of yeah. your Yeah, it, it's uh, a long story. Sorry, I, I always drag it on, and it, no. it's hard to um, keep short, but... I've always, when my playing career went along, it was hard, but I had great doctors, Dr. David Podell, great support from my family. Melissa's unbelievable. And um, they kept changing my medication, or I shouldn't say kept changing. We kept experimenting, like in the off season. I want to experiment during the season because I'm able to play. And But if it, it, it stopped working, I had a lot of pain, and I think I needed to try something else. We'd always go home and, you know, try. So the doctors were awesome. Um, it's why the Mets, you know, were scared of sign- keeping me. Yeah. And I don't blame them one second. I didn't even know what was really going on. Right. And then I came to Philly, and I'm like, the Philly thing caught me. Nice. The, the Rocky Balboa, right? Right, right. The, <laughs> I remember. You were a big yeah, Rocky guy. Yeah, big totally Rocky guy. That. We went there today with uh, with Hunter, my son, and we did oh, the whole thing. The steps nice. and I think, didn't we do a video? Yeah, we did a, yeah, a music I video. I remember that. Video Dan. Video Dan. Yeah, yeah. Went down as Mark. Italian Market. Italian right? Market, yeah. yeah. We, we ran the steps. and so that the But the Philly fans, the whole Philly atmosphere, the neighborhood feel of, like, this is your neighborhood hockey team. You know, mm. that's kind of how I felt, knowing yeah. what that felt like coming from Connecticut. Uh, this is your local team. It wasn't a big – so I was in. I was hooked. That's great. And I decided I got to figure this out, man. I got to play. I got to play every day. I love Philly. I got And it really worked. You know, played 150-something games almost every year. Right. Seemed like yeah, you Something did. like that. So yeah. Scott and I were out there a lot together. And it was tough because, you know, the team was, you know, a new manager, uh, a lot of growing pains with yeah. the team and the manager, I think. And uh, Tito, yeah. Yeah, I wish, I wish that team had seen more, uh, more wins, more success. But you, yeah, you guys, we were growing. We were starting to grow, and yeah. then it just fell, you know, fell apart. We relied so much on Schilling. He was, yeah, he was our pitcher. You know, every day we wanted him on the bump. He was so good. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I think you, we had. Uh, I know uh, Mark Portugal. We picked him up. Yep. Right. We had Bobby Munoz, Mike Mims, Calvin Maduro, uh, Light Mark Leiter, Leiter, Tyler Green. Yep. T. Mike Green. Great. Mike Grace who's here. Gracie. Yep. Uh, yeah, so Paul Bird came in and did a good job. Paul Bird came in, yeah, yep. that's true. And then you know what's interesting about that year, 1997, is that you guys uh, 30 and 70 after their first hundred games, mm-hmm. but you guys went 38 and 24 the last 62 games, which was the best record, best in the record. NL, best in that record stretch. in National League. So I think a lot of people were thinking number one. Wow, over that, the Braves, everybody the, they could be contenders. Did, and yep. it didn't carry into 98 though. Well, 98, uh, do you remember the— We signed Andy Ashby, I think, that offseason. Oh, yeah. Yep. We were really happy about that. That's a good sign. And do you, yeah. remember, do you remember the first game of 1998 at all? It was the, the opening day. Um, Braves? It was, it was the long—no, I think it was the Mets. Uh, Albert Castillo, he played for the Mets, right? I do remember. And that. it was the longest opening, scoreless uh, game on opening day. Shot shilling, yeah. Uh, we lost one nothing in 14 innings. Was that in Philly or uh, no? In, no, it Shea, was at Shea when Albert Castillo had a walk off single. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, he hit a, he had a base hit to right fielder, a double to right center. I think, and uh, the next day, I think Outlighter threw, and we won game two in a close game up there. That was Bobby Valentine, I think, was managing the Mets. I remember that, yeah, very well. Very well, ab- absolutely. We had high expectations that season because, you know, Scott Rowland, right. yeah. Desi Relliford, you know, Mickey Morandini. We might have still had Stalker. 
Desi might not have been there early on. And he, sure. you acquired Marlon Bird. Right? We got Birdie. Yep. Abreu came in 98. Abreu was ridiculous. And Doug Glanville. That team, for that team. Yeah, and Greg Jeffries was yeah, um, Greg Jeffries. left field. Yeah. And we had uh, Leiby. Leiby became yeah. all, uh, an all-pro, you know. Sure. All-pro, all all-star catcher. Mm-hmm. And I played first, and we just had the pitching started to come on. And, um, you know, I don't know if it was the depth. You know, he's got a pitch, man. I mean, we're relying on Shill. Yeah. A lot. I think Leiter did a good job closing out games for a while until Gomesy came in in that role. But we had it. We uh, I think Shill got hurt. He um, did. It, like maybe in a July or August kind of second half of 98 when we were tight. We were pretty close with the Braves. It wasn't far out. We weren't mm-hmm. far out. It was within a handful of games. Well, in 1999, yeah. Schilling and Roland got hurt in August. Okay, you guys, so that's what I'm getting. I'm yeah, getting the year mixed yeah, up. Because so you guys went 1-18 in 1999. You went one and eighteen from August twenty eighth to September fourteenth. That's what it was, we uh, which then set you guys way back. But yeah. uh, my memory was trying to block that. Yeah, I just uh. you know, unfortunately, the you know the Phillies weren't spending money at that time, so we weren't really. I mean, put it this way: in two thousand, uh, the the big signings were Jalil Leach, Mark Br- uh, Bauman. <laughs> Brown, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. And then Chris Brock. You know, we got Chris Brock for got Bobby Brock, Salea. Yeah. So it's not like we were going out there and getting like we are now. We're getting Trey Turner and, you what, know. What year did we sign Tartable? Was that 99? Danny Tartable. Well, Whoa. that's funny you said that because oh. Danny Tartable was, about blocking was, out not, of your mind. was 97. <laughs> we had signed one of my favorites who we're going to have on the podcast. I interviewed him for another thing. Rex Hudler, Hud. who is one of my all-time favorite <laughs> he does, characters. He still does radio with he does. TV. With he was in Royals, town with I the think, Angels. Right? Angels? He was in town with the, okay. with the Angels, right? Yeah, with the Angels. Yeah. He actually put on a jersey <laughs> and walked around. We had uh, the, the weekend he was here, it was uh, photo day, where the players walk around the field and and fans take pictures of him. And There's Hud. Hud, Hud we got Hud. him a jersey, and he walked around, and he was the best. That's like, so hey! him. Just animated. Oh, know, he's the best. Having fun with everybody. <laughs> Absolutely love that. But that's, yeah, 97 was tough because we signed Rex Hudler. Mm. Uh, you came in that year, obviously. Mark Portugal. And then we signed Danny Tartable, who I think had mm. seven at-bats. Yeah. And then yeah. he broke his foot, right, in the batting yeah. – yeah. uh, hitting that's a ball a off his one. foot. That's also the year that, right. if you remember, J.D. Drew – we signed him. We we uh, drafted him. That's right. And then he refused to sign. And he didn't he went, want to sign with the and Phillies. And he went and played in the St. Paul Saints. And yeah, that's right. And, and then uh, that's why Pat Bro, when he did get signed, like the following year, whenever it was su- shortly after, yep. was such a hit. I mean, he was not only a great player, right? But he was such a hit with the fans because he wanted to come to Philly, right? Yeah. And exactly it was like, right. no, I want to go to Philly, and they were just went through the whole JD Drew thing. And then then the opposite of that is Trey Turner last year, yeah, yeah. right? Trey Turner, when he signed with the Phillies, he said, I was watching the playoffs on TV, and I could feel the crowd through the TV. <laughs> and he said, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Now, that's the exact opposite. And, and sure. Bryce Harper, obviously. Bryce Harper you know, was talking about how he wants his kids to be raised Philadelphians and oh, yeah. be Philadelphians. And everyone in Philadelphia – you know, yeah. both when Trey Turner and Bryce Harper said that, you know, you could you could just feel goosebumps. Oh yeah, that you just were you wanting. watching the games, Rico? Could oh, you yeah. sense uh, the, the excitement here in Philadelphia last no year? No doubt. I mean, I mean, Melissa will tell you. My, she's right. We, we watched when Bryce hit that home run. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was kind of a football day, right? It was yeah, late yeah. in the year. Yeah. It was late in the rainy. afternoon. The sun's going down, a little misty, a little cool. You know, yeah. got the hoodie on, maybe a jacket. So it had a great the setting and the place was rocking. Was. I turned the volume all the way up. Melissa will tell you, definitely turned <laughs> nice. all the way up. And I'm like, he's locked in. If he yeah. ever hits one, boom. You know, I was like, I'm just doing circles around. I can't believe that's a Philly. It's going to remember that forever. That's a that's in a forever nice. moment. 
You know, yeah. it was right. It's a fr- it's a never if, forget. If we hold on to the right now, we're 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 recording this on Thursday, September twenty first. Uh, we're holding on to the top spot. So if we have home games here, you guys have to come down because you have to experience this ballpark. I'm telling you, when the first game last year was against the Braves. And uh, it was game three uh, in LDS, right? Yeah. When Reese Hoskins hit the home run, it was on, the crowd was already just waiting for an excuse to go nuts. Yeah. And when he hit that home run, this it was the loudest I've ever heard a stadium ever, like including concerts. Like, yeah. It was, it's amazing. It was loud. Yeah, I was trying to explain to Hunter how this place goes nuts. I mean, you can't. I didn't experience that day, but yeah. I had many other 60,000 on a July 4th with Schilling out there against the Yankees. Yeah, you know, and uh, so the was ballpark was different. I mean, I guess for yeah. you just walking in here today, it's like, yeah. you know, it's it's a different experience. I mean, are you, do you look back saying, oh, I wish I played in some of those baseball-only ballparks? Uh, I guess Camden Yards, I think, came in 92. Started to come. A couple of them started to be And built. a couple, yeah. but uh, did you have any that were uh, any ballparks that were your favorites or – yeah, um, uh, Dodgers. Uh, something mm. about Dodger Stadium was always yep. pretty cool. Maybe it was yep. because I grew up and you know they were always playing the Yankees, and it was like they felt like otherworldly. Like they're way over there on the left coast, but it's yeah, this yeah. Hollywood. And everyone said that's a great place to hit because of the batter's eye. It's just a great place to hit. I okay. mean, it, Shea Stadium. The, you know, the former was a great, and you know, the Vet was a great, great place to hit. Mm. The vet, you could do things that, you know, you're going to get ground balls through because of the quick turf. turf. So you're going to get those a lot, uh, a few extra of those, probably, exactly. if you, especially if you've got a little speed. Um, and the ball carried everywhere, especially in the summertime when the turf got warm. You know, so you could leave anywhere in the ball. You didn't have to pull it. You could leave anywhere. Yeah. I just like playing at Wrigley. Oh, so cool. It was so cool. Yeah, it was a great place. Um, I just remember uh, their teams weren't great, and it was a fun pl- I made sure my swing was right when I went in there because we were, uh, you know, I thought I faced up pretty well against their pitching, and this is a series where I could, you know, I had to put some extra points on my, uh, onto my average and stuff like that, but the grass was a mile high. You know, you couldn't get a ground ball through, so you had everything in the air. I mean, you just yeah. adjust your swing for the series. Well, you played in, uh, you no played for uh, the Red Sox for a year. Yep. Uh, th- could you compare the two ballparks? Everybody's got an oh, opinion. Yeah. Do you like Fenway or Wrigley better? Well, I grew up Fenway because my dad was born and raised yes. in the north end of Boston. Yes. So I have to say right. that. Right. Of course. But that being said, Wrigley was much cooler. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Way cooler. And I played a long time in the National League, so maybe that's part of it. But Wrigley is really cool. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Who was the uh, best pitcher that you had their number and then conversely, who is the I don't, I don't want to say journeyman, but who I got is, them both. Who is the regular pitcher that for some reason just <laughs> vexed I got them you? both. Yeah, you, you didn't. We didn't prep for this either. We I, did I, not. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, no. but I, I, I just, you know, Frank Castillo told me three different types of changeups, and I was, you know, and he was a under 500 pitcher with the Cubbies, and I couldn't hit him. You know, I never was. I, I don't know why I didn't ever sit on a changeup back then. I'm like, I'm gonna get the fastball. I'm gonna get the. Fa- I never got the fastball, and he had like three, two or three different types of changeups. So, you know, Harry the K came in one day and he goes, Brogna, <laughs> I got these stats here, and it just baffles the mind, you know? <laughs> 
one for 18 off this Frankie guy he's pitching today. How in the world is that? You know, his average against is 282. He gives up a home run tonight. You know, all these things. And I go, Harry, I don't know, man. He throws the invisible ball to me. I don't pick him up. And John Smoltz. Smoltz, okay. Um, I think he he mentioned it one time on the year what, you know, the hitters that he had trouble with. And when my name was mentioned with Tony, you know, I think he said Tony Gwynn first. I, sure. hope, he, I hope he did. Right, nice. <laughs> yeah, and then it was like, you know, it was a 340 or 350 lifetime. But, yeah, yeah he's awesome, had great stuff, obviously, Hall of Famer and all that. But something about, you know, you just pick up some guys' release points different or, mm-hmm. or don't pick them up. And you just see it longer, and you see it better. And and what um, was your approach to Smoltz? Like when you're coming up to bat, are you looking for a certain area? Are you looking for a certain pitch? Yeah, but uh, I felt like he came up with a couple pitches for me. Like I, you know, that's how my how big my ego is right now. <laughs> so um, I felt like he developed because he threw pitches that he never threw before. Like I always study, you know, study pitchers, and I'm like, where did he get that cutter? He never threw a split before, or that changeup's a different type of change. It's not a straight changeup. It's a fade. You know, so he he think he had a tremendous arm so he could tinker and I felt like at the end of the day he's going to throw you a fastball to challenge you he's got that you know 95 sure or whatever arm and at the end of the day he can throw one middle up middle of the plate center cut a little elevated and say let's go because that was his mentality what's you know, probably made him so great <laughs> so I didn't fear I always thought like okay I'm gonna see a change up he's got a great slider but somewhere in here you see He's going to throw a fastball, yeah. yeah, and challenge me. Well, how about your uh, – we talked about it a little before, your defense. Now, it is still – around Philadelphia, you can still – you could be at a bar somewhere and, and really sit next to the guy next to you and say, oh, you know, defense. And whatever first – defensive first baseman's come up. It's always like, yeah, that Rico Bronia can play defense. <laughs> you know, it's like anywhere you go, anywhere you are. And so you must get some satisfaction out of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and did you, when you were playing, you know, take satisfaction you must have just in your defense? Yeah, totally. Um, part of it is, in, in, you know, self-deprecating maybe, but not really. Like I was not, I had, as a first baseman, I had to do other things. I, I wasn't the pure power hitter of a Mark McGuire or Jim Tomey, what turned out to be, you know. So mm. I felt like I could play defense um, make that part of my game, save our team some runs, and have fun with it at the same time. You know, we talk about hockey in the Northeast, but I grew up playing a lot of street hockey. Mm-hmm. And I was always a goalie, and I was a left-handed guy, and I always the took pride saves. in the glove saves. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and, you know, not letting goals go by. And I was mm. always a goalie playing street hockey, whether That's we played on the ice and in yeah. sneakers at night or we just played in the parking lot. We yeah. did all – a lot of my friends growing up, they were hockey players. Yeah, it probably improved your reflexes, right? Oh, and, man, I love it. you're saying at night, you can't see the ball, and it's just – it's the ball's on – or the puck oh, is on – Oh, pitch dark, no yeah, ice. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. reflection off the ice – you know, the right. ice wasn't real ice. It was kind of a yeah, yeah. glassy thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's freezing, and they're firing tennis balls at you with these – Hockey sticks that they made, you know, they curved the... Yeah, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They made them wicked. The sure, Milex. of course. Yeah, yeah they made, sticks. Yeah, yeah, they totally they made them wicked. So I, I grew up playing that all the time in our backyard and um, mm. even really liked it. Yeah. And that, I think, took, you know, helped me a little bit in baseball, maybe more than a little bit. Yeah. Did you have a uh, uh, a guy that you admired as a def- defensive first baseman? No, I thought you were going to say goalie. Oh, as a go- or like a goalie. Jerry Cheevers. Perrant. Perrant. Yeah, I know the answer. I know the right answer. <laughs> but like, gr- like growing up, did you, yeah. I don't know, did, were there guys back then It's like, oh, that guy could play first base? I mean, Don Mattingly and mm. Keith Hernandez Keith were in my backyard. Yeah. But yeah. they, I watched the, being a Red Sox fan growing up, again, with my dad being a Red Boston guy. Mm-hmm. 
I saw a lot of more American League games growing up on TV. The, the Red Sox were always on if we had a game on. And uh, so I got to see Don Mattingly when I got into my teenage years, early high school. You know, he had a poster of Don Mattingly on mm. my door. Yeah, yeah. The eye black, and he was not really shaven. And, you know, he had the sweat, and he had the wristbands with tape. And I was like, when I was doing that in Philly, the head, you know, the I'm not wearing sticker eye black. I know, it's a real no stuff. No way, man. I want <laughs> bubbles. When you start right, to sweat, right. that thing's got to smear. Not smear it on purpose like they do now. So, right, right. You know, smear it. Let it smear naturally. <laughs> I mean, that's stuff at the end of the game. You got you to gotta take a glob of Vaseline to take it off. Yeah, yeah. And um, Harper's got it all yeah. over his face all yeah, the time. He's you legit, know. though. We'll oh, let yeah. him do what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you remember back then, because obviously I was involved, but we had a lot of celebrities that came through the clubhouse, you know, back in your days. We had, uh, well, let's see, well, you weren't, it was before you. We had Hootie and the Bluefish come through. Yeah, but I got, I got a couple good pictures at home, too. Yeah, so uh, we had Luke uh, Perry, or um, was that Luke Perry? Is yes. That Perry. Yeah, Luke Perry. Luke Perry, yes. Right, remember he came through the, the he threw out the first pitch, yeah, from Beverly Hills 92. And, and, and the show was big back then, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Meatloaf, did he come through when you were uh, there? I don't, I don't think I saw him. That might have been did. before you. Yeah. Uh, well, we, I had to. I met Garth Brooks. I mean, we we hung out. Okay. I mean, he was. I, don't, I think huh. he came, actually might have came in with the Pirates, but I think you know you connected us. I, Garth Brooks is like you know at the time it's Garth Brooks. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's he's, huge. He's, yeah, I mean he's the biggest guy in the planet. You know, okay. his music was off the charts. And did you have your own fan group too? I know Wolf, uh, Randy Wolf had the uh, Wolf, Wolf Pack. Yeah, Padilla's yeah. Lotia and Rico. I don't know if yeah. you had your own group. I, I mean, on another level. Yeah, there was there were signs up there that summer. I yeah, think yeah, when yeah. the kids started to come back to college, so late in the summer, early fall, all of a sudden up on the left, you know, in the the vet, you'd see all in the up in the upper yeah, second yeah, yeah. deck in the yeah, left the cheap field, seats. The cheap seats, <laughs> all the signs. They were awesome. And in '99, maybe even started in '98, but when we were hanging on and not mm. playing. You know, we were in it kind of later than normal. Uh, you know, not not like they are nowadays, but we were in it. Uh, we were an exciting young team. You know, we had a lot of single guys, you know, on the team. Um, yeah. And, the, you know, they just had, a, I don't know, they had all their names out there. Yeah, everybody had their favorite. I don't know favorite. if I had my own fav- you know, fan club or anything I think they had like Bronies, Bologna's. I think there was, was yeah, yeah, could have been. something. <laughs> there were a couple, re- signed this, po- you know. But, no, it's Scott Rowland and Lieberthal. Those guys were the. Hopefully hopefully you forgot uh, Johnny Fresh and Lemon Lime who were up in left field. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember. <laughs> good, yeah, you good. don't want to. We, we don't want to go Because I was Johnny that, Fresh right? and, and his his oh. uh, his the backup uh, best friend of the fanatic was was Lemon Lime. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's, it's it's good you have amnesia. It was a mess. Yeah. Uh, I know you want to get to the quiz, but before we do, uh, you're um. I know when you left baseball, Rico, you really got into coaching, and yeah. I know you've coached uh, you know football and baseball, basketball. Is there any co- uh, sport that you won't coach? Is there Ooh, any good question? <laughs> I don't think I've ever been asked that. Except last year when the athletic director at Watertown High School, because I'm doing the baseball now at Watertown, okay. said, you know, we're not getting a lot of applications in for girls' volleyball. Oh, uh, there you go. Do you know anything about volleyball? Spring, and I, said, I, sport. I looked at him and I said, I, I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> I can organize a practice. I can get the start time, you know, fundamentals, stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But after that, I'm right. reading a book, you know, or, or more than that. But I, and, and I looked at him and I said, I just don't know that sport. Have you tried yeah. pickleball? I have not tried it, no. This pickleball is, like, just exploding. It is. Yeah, I actually played this morning, by the way. Did you? Yeah, I did. Look I went to the you. gym, and I wasn't going to go play pickleball. I was in the gym doing my thing, and the next thing you know, I see a friend of mine in the back of the gym playing. He's, like, waved me over. Next thing you know, I'm yeah. out there playing You pickleball. feeling okay? Or, feel uh, all right, yeah. All right. 
Not a whole lot of it. Yeah. You, you know what sport I don't think I would coach? Uh, to, to, sorry to yeah, interject yeah. there. You guys, you know, going over injuries and <laughs> and us all getting, you know, to that age. But um, I don't think I would coach soccer because hmm. I just love football. And it yes. should not be played. Football is football, yes. not football. It's Agreed. football. And it's played in the same season. Same bad, season. Bad timing. It is. And at certain schools that I've been at, they've always had a little jealousy against each other. Yeah. Um, that being said, my son picked up lacrosse when he was really young. Huh. And he ended up playing baseball too, but that was the coolest sport. I, I got to see him play I for agree. many years. What I a agree, great Hunter. sport. Yep. I love that. That is, I mean, it's football. It's, it's it, everything. It's football basketball, and basketball, hockey combined. Hockey. Yeah. A lot of basketball. And they hit. And you they know, hit. there's physical. Yeah. Um, You've grown an appreciation for it. Yep, lacrosse is cool. That's how I was with my when my son started playing soccer. I I was the same way, Rico. I was always you know, oh, I football, love so I love you know. soccer. I can tell you, I love <laughs> soccer. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I, I was always your same family way. was in it. But no, no. But once you start seeing yeah. your you know a child do you know play and do well, you do form oh, yeah. an appreciation. I have a, a son who's a gymnast too, so you know Very it's cool. like wow, you know you really uh, have such an appreciation. Yeah, well, the for, strength in a you know. Oh yeah, yeah. That takes to do. A, that's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, Rico, are you ready, ready, are you ready for the Sorry about the soccer thing. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I guess you didn't watch Ted Lasso then. Um, <laughs> Ted Lasso was good. That was good. Um, all right, so I have a quiz. It is eight questions. It is multiple choice. Holy you moly. You can use Melissa as a lifeline, or okay. Hunter. You can use your family as for one lifeline. A one. You can use Tom for one lifeline. That's um, right? two. Because he doesn't know. So, I'm, I'm using so, that. So uh, and if you get help. six out of eight, Tom, what does he win? We got a T-shirt? I, we, we, we'll go to the Scott Brandeth prize closet right. and we'll get you uh, something. A mystery like. gift? A mystery, a mystery gift. gift, yes. Because <laughs> unfortunately, I think I'm running out of backstage for going to Brazier. We only had like 10 printed. Right. I need to get my boy Scott Soffin to get us some more. All right. Are I you... transferred out of an academic school now. Remember that, please. I left. <laughs> With this quiz? Cool. Yeah. This is easy. This is about the last li- test you took? This is about your life. You'll be fine. All we'll right. be fine. Oh, boy. Question number one. You are from Watertown, Connecticut, as we discussed. Which of these celebrities is not originally from Connecticut? So three of these celebrities are from Connecticut. One's not. Tell me who's not, not, right? So singer-guitarist John Mayer, uh, author John Grisham, P.T. Barnum, Meg Ryan. So who's not from Connecticut? John Mayer. Grisham. John John Grisham is correct. And do you have a reasoning behind that? Yeah, his accent. Right, he's from Mississippi. I remember I used to read some of his books, and I'd hear him talk in interviews, and yep. it just you don't have that accent coming from Connecticut. No, he's well, that's mu- true. All his books he, are from Oxford, Mississippi. 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 It's a that southern accent. Yeah. Yep. Nice he went to Mississippi go. State. Yep. All right, one for one. All right, you were drafted in the first round of the 1988 draft by the Tigers, as we mentioned. Which of these players was not drafted in the first round that year? So three of them are first-round draft picks. One was not a first-round draft pick. Okay. One was not. Yep. One was not. Which one was not? So you got Charles Nagy, Brian Jordan, Jim Abbott, Kenny Lofton. Charles Nagy, Brian Jordan, Jim Abbott, Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton's correct. He was a 17th rounder. That's, really? a, that's a good hit wow. on a 17th rounder. That, big hit that is that a good one, hit. Right? Speed. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, all I right. that. Yeah, all right. All right you are right. two for two. All right, this yeah, is, I don't want to break this. I'm excited. I'm excited, about, on here. I'm excited about this question because <laughs> oh. I'm really curious to see whether, you know, when you turn down Clemson, whether you in turn followed Clemson to see who potentially would have been your competition. Okay? Yep. yep. So, as I mentioned, you are going to play quarterback at Clemson. Who was their starting quarterback from 1989 to 1991 of which you would have been in competition with, right? Yep. Was it DeShane Cameron? Was it Reginald Dwight? Was it Vincent Fernier? 
or is it Calvin Broadus? DeShane. It was DeShane Cameron. Because the other three, Reginald Dwight is Elton John, Vincent Fernier is Alice Cooper, <laughs> okay. and Calvin Broadus is Snoop Dogg. All right, so that was, so I, I got it right. You got it right, I, and I didn't know any of that other stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that, thank not. God, thank yeah. God. Yeah, I mean, so thank Shane goodness. Cameron. So, do, so you did follow yeah. it then? Yep. Right when you when. Oh yeah, no, we talked. Okay, I, and that just uh, rang a bell. You know, that, not the first name rang a bell. I think. Um, yeah, we talked. Three for three, Tom. How about that? We talked about way. maybe being He's roommates, actually. Really? Yeah, quarterback, right. quarterbacks. So your first minor league team in single A, because I know you played rookie ball, but in single A was Lakeland Tigers, right? Yes. Which one of these guys was not a teammate on that not, uh, not on that single A team in Lakeland? Yep. Okay? Yep. Ricardo Ingram, Rusty Meacham, Anthony Figuzato, Steve Searcy. Searcy wasn't. Oh, Ricardo Ingram, I'm going to go with. But Cersei was on a rehab. He re- uh, So that makes him a teammate. Yeah. All right, yeah, so yeah. I got it wrong. So that, no, no, no. You haven't guessed yet. You haven't guessed yet. I haven't guessed. So it's Ricardo Ingram, Rusty Meacham, Anthony Figuzato, and Steve Cersei, which was not the teammate. I have no idea who that Anthony was. Well, then go with that one. <laughs> go with that one. Yeah, I know Rusty, yeah, Ricardo, go, go with that and, one. and I was friends with Ant- all those guys. I have no idea. You are correct because Anthony Figuzato run, uh, he works in our entertainment works in our department. Entertainment department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. We give him a little plug you on the podcast. Me, you gave me a lot of, um, <laughs> without, good, without a lifeline, you gave me a lot of rope on that one. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's all right. You That's a fine. good baseball name. But yeah, I, I, he does Figuzato. have a good baseball name. At least the way I answered it, I have absolutely no idea who that And now Anthony's going to listen to our podcast. We'll have one more podcast listener. We bribe our listeners. You're a four for Four, you're on a roll. Oh. All right. I never know whether people know their stats. Yeah, I, I'm amazed when you when you actually could remember in detail that uh, that opening day. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many major league home runs did you have in your major league baseball career? Um, do you know that off the top of your head? Uh, I'm gonna be. I don't. That's all right. I'll give you the, I'm gonna be close. I'm gonna. I'll give you the choices. Is it 106, 92, 89, 125? 106, 92, 89, 125. You could use your life. I had 125. I had it as 106. Okay, yeah. I thought it was a. I was gonna. Did you know that? Yeah. You used I 100. knew it was 100. I, I could use. I felt confident. All right, my ego caught up with me though. All right, this is a, this is a <laughs> tough. I picked the most, the highest number. <laughs> yeah, highest number. Of course. This is a tough. This Stole might be a tough money. one. 1997 was your first year with the Phillies. Who led the Phillies in batting average that year with a minimum of 200 at bats? 200 at bats. So, yep. Mickey Morandini, Scott Rowland, Greg Jeffries, Midre Cummings. Does, can you say that again? The the four, the four guys? Scott Rowland, Scott Mickey Morandini. Mickey Morandini, Greg Jeffries, Midre Cummings. Greg Jeffries, Midre Cummings. Midre Cummings. Um, Scott Gosh. 200 at bats isn't a lot. That's why Midre's in there because he didn't play every day. Right. That's why it's sneaky. That's very sneaky. So, I'm going to draw, uh, <laughs> draw a lifeline. And I don't know. You got a phone on you? I think I'm going to cheat. Right. The no, way John's looking, I'll say me, Drake Cummings. Drake Cummings is correct. All right. All right. All right. I was leaning there, but that was a sneaky. That was, that was a sneaky one. 303. Uh, I, right. I can't be a win for me, though. It's a, yes, it is. You got it. You, you got the right. You coached all the right. Reading Fighting Phils in 2018 and 2019. Yep. Who led uh, the team in 2018 in home runs? Okay, in 2018, your first year. Yeah. Oh. Was it Derek Hall, Debbie Gruyon? Dominic Tomsha or Zach Green? Was it Hall, Gruyon, Tomsha, or Green? I'm going to go with Greeny. 
Was it was it was a hall? It was Gruyon. Wow, yeah, okay, yeah. Gruyon catcher. Yeah. Oh my Gruyon, gosh, yeah. he had tremendous power. That all right, so that's all, right, so get all you one. have to do is you get gotta this get last this one. one. Yeah, yeah, but that one is a uh, that that's uh that's a good one right there. It comes down right, to the eighth comes and down final to last question. One. You played for the Phillies, Braves, Mets, and Red Sox, right? Phillies, Braves, Mets, and Red Sox. Yeah, you played for the Phillies, Braves, Reds, and Red Mets, and Red Sox, right? Correct. Yeah, and the Tigers. And the Tigers, right? All right. Well, I'm, I thought I'm ta- that might have been part I'm, of the question. No, no, so no I'm taking the Tigers out because t- this, this right. is more, you know, obviously Braves and Mets are rivals and Red Sox, you know, on the East Coast. Tigers was for three seconds so, anyway. So, which player, yeah, which player did not play for all four teams? So, three of these guys played for all four teams in their career huh. and, and probably some others, yeah. but, um, but they played for at least, uh, you know, with the Phillies, Braves, Mets, and Red Sox because you did it. Yep. One of these guys did not, did three not. of these guys did. Okay. Yep. Bruce Chen, Billy Wagner, Ruben Amaro Jr., Paul Bird. Who did not play for the Phillies, Braves, Mets, and Red Sox? Bruce Chen, Billy Wagner, Ruben Amaro Jr., Paul Bird. Ruben didn't play. Ruben did not play. You nice. won. Yeah, he, played, he, played, he played with Cleveland. He played Cleveland, Phillies, and Angels. Uh, but Bruce Chen, Billy Wagner, and yeah. Paul Bird all played for the I was going to say 14. Billy Wagner. Yeah. No, Wagner played uh, all four that? of those. He had yeah. a little... You forget that he played for the. I'm starting to Houston. 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 Yes, and I'm starting to get to know, like you know, because I don't know if you guys do that immaculate grid. There's a. uh, Oh, you have to do it. What's that? Every day at nine o'clock, a new puzzle comes out. I'll show it to you when we get off the Mm -hmm. air. But it's immaculate grid, immaculategrid.com, and it has. It'll have like you know three teams, maybe two on one column, and two teams, and then milestones like three thousand strikeouts in his career, three hundred lifetime batter, all star. And you got to just plug in someone that played for the Nationals and the Red Sox, and right. it's, it's a cool thing. That is that cool. Because I've been doing this all the time. Now all of a sudden I'm like, you got good trivia. Now, yeah. now I've got like good a, trivia in my head. It's all right there. Well, Rico, yeah. this is awesome. It's great to see uh, Melissa again. Yourself. Yeah. Nice to meet Hunter. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to this uh, weekend honoring Scott Rowland and having all your teammates in there. Yeah. yeah. Should be great with Scott. I mean, good for him. You know, I mean, it's an amazing accomplishment. The city's going to be. Pumped up with the series, you know, the yeah. these games all very meaningful, obviously, yeah. and it should be rocking, And but also with Scott here, I think that'll be a special weekend. Awesome. Well, enjoy yeah. the weekend. Thanks, Tom. thanks for uh, thanks, coming on, Rico. Yeah. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Phillies Backstage. Backstage.